Welcome to this week at Missouri Politics from our studios at the University of Central Missouri campus in Warrensburg, Missouri. We are joined by Warrensburg's own Senator Denny Hoskins, a man that made the news this week. Welcome back to the show. Yes, thanks for having me. And thanks for the hospitality here in Warrensburg. Yes, great to be here. So uh, you decided to fire out a tweet on Wednesday. Um, caught some folks by surprise, I think, that you're actually moving forward. You're not just considering it. You're really moving forward, put together a campaign to run for statewide office in uh, 2024. Yes, yeah, most certainly. You know, I've been in the legislature for 15 years. I've made a lot of friends and, and helped out a lot of people the mm -hmm. last 15 years, and I keep on getting the question due to term limits, what are you going to do yep. in 2024? Or what are you going to run for some other office? We would like to see you run for some other office. And so, you know, we put together a team and put together a plan, been visiting with a lot of folks, not only here in Warrensburg and Johnson County, but across the state. Like I said, I, I've made a lot of friends and, and had a lot of supporters over the last 15 years. And, and so look forward to putting together a team and, and running for statewide in 2024. Awesome. So uh, what goes into a decision like this? I mean, I don't think people fully understand. We all kind of live in our area, right? You could drive to the Gulf of Mexico uh, from the boot hill, faster you could drive to Rockport or Tarkio. You could drive to right. Canada from Rockport or Tarkio, faster you could drive to Corollaville or Zenith. It is an enormous state. There's a ton of things that have to go into that. What's that decision-making process like? You know, there's a lot of factors going into that decision-making process. First of all, you, you have to make sure your family's on board. And my family's on board, had great discussions with my wife, Michelle, and the rest of my family. Uh, they've encouraged me to seek a statewide position. And then you go out and visit with your supporters mm -hmm. and, and regular, just regular Missourians to see what, what they want. Uh, you know, I think I've, you know, I've sponsored and, and passed a lot of conservative legislation over the last 15 years and they'd like to see uh, you know another conservative in statewide office so there's a lot of different factors that go into it but uh, most certainly family support first and then after that friends and supporters so there's governor you got a buddy that's uh, running for governor right now yes i do seem to be uh it would surprise me the two you ran against each other um you got lieutenant governor spots open right. uh, lieutenant governor is running for governor secretary of state spot looks like it's open jay yes. Ashcroft running for governor uh and um state treasurer just newly appointed right uh, open uh what are you thinking well it, you're right it would definitely not be governor uh, <laughs> senator bill i going to hire our best friends in the in the senate and obviously he's running for governor so we're taking a look at the other three statewide positions we not made any definite decisions I mean, you look first. at it lieutenant governor you know a little bit about running the senate yes i do uh secretary of state an office uh being a cpa probably helps yes and then treasurer that probably really helps yes uh those look like the offices that would be out there to seek is there one that piques your interest more than any other you know all three of them have like you said all three of them have have things that i think my cpa experience as well as being a very conservative legislator uh, would would benefit with you know I, I'm am looking at all three you know Secretary of State really kind of tweaks my interest but I haven't made any final decisions yet but I look forward to you know just getting well, more input you, but, but the bigger question have you have you talked to Michelle about this yes yes Michelle's on board you got the permission slip signed and you're good yes my, the permission slip has been signed I, I visited with her as well as the rest of the family and and they are 100% on board so the toughest negotiations are done that's right so you got a timetable when you think you might have uh, have an office you're shooting for you know we're, we're looking at probably second quarter sometime this spring mm -hmm. to make an official announcement right now you know getting ready to head down to state Lincoln days in Springfield mm -hmm. and, and just visit with some Republicans across the state to see what what they think would be the best fit for me and so you know we're taking a look at all three of those positions so we could pass the parents Bill of Rights bill out of the Senate yes um, it, it seemed like the, the key part was about transparency I mean the technology there to do that if right. parents that want to see that uh, made some sense, right? 
Yes, you know, the Parents' Bill of Rights, Senate Bill 5, is something that I've sponsored and, and had bills that actually were folded in there. The transparency piece is definitely key. I think that every parent deserves to know what their kids are being taught in schools. And so this, this makes that transparency piece uh, put those lesson plans and things online. I think that's very important. It also has a piece in there that says, hey, if your kids are what if your kids are checking out library books, uh, those library books, you can sign up and have a text to know what exactly library books your kids are checking out. So I think the transparency piece of there is definitely key. But the phone it, household, we're just going to be thrilled if they have library books. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my dad had to keep track of my library books. And if he did, it wouldn't have taken long. Yes. <laughs> so I, it does make sense, though. I mean, th there's probably a lot of parents that are busy, right. and they're probably not going to want to check this. That's However, right. your kid's struggling in science. Yes. You may want to dig into that a little bit. And we, we operate in a world where we can buy anything in, in the world and it's there in two days, right? That's right? You can research a house, a car, you can buy your, your toilet paper supplies right. from Amazon in two days. I mean, it makes sense you'd be able to see a lesson plan. That doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Just put it online. Right, right. Just put that lesson plan online so parents that want to know what their kids are learning in school but what subjects are going on, uh, they have access to that information. And, and so I think that's key. You know, I, I did hope that it would contain some stronger language regarding you know banning CRT and some other things however I, I think it's a good start and I plan on voting for the bill but I do hope that we have some additional education bills come through give me a, a thing I watched you pass something that I didn't really understand yes but it seemed a little bit hard to pass but you got it done right called the, the regulatory sandbox what is that yeah the regulatory sandbox act has passed in other states it basically says that there's a if there's a new innovative product uh, that you're trying to get to go to market that you can bypass some of the rules and regulations in order for that to happen. Now it can't have any negative effect or be harmful but this would the Regulatory Sandbox Act would recre uh, recreate the Regulatory Relief Office and as a business owner you could apply to there to say hey I've got this new innovative product one example would be Uber and Lyft that, those were kind of ahead of its times and our laws uh, were not set up to keep up with that new technology so you could apply to the Regulatory Relief Office and then uh, bypass some rules and regulations have some of those things waived in order to get that product to market faster so uh, whenever you come on we talk about seemingly one thing all the time. Yes. And that's sports book, that's gambling, that's a VLT. That's right. Walk me through where that legislation is right now. I'm sure it's your legislation. Yes. Where does that stand? Yeah, Senate Bill 1, I filed the Honoring Missouri Veterans and Education Act. Uh, We're going to have a hearing in the Senate Appropriations Committee this next week. It does include both sports book as well as video lottery terminals. Uh, Sportsbook would generate about uh, $10 million gross to the state, about 2 to $3 million net after you took out administrative fees as well as problem and gambling fund um, dollars that need to be in there. So all that money has to go toward education. So it would net about 2 to $3 million for education in the state. Video lottery terminals or what you see is video poker machines in many bars and taverns and truck stops, uh, that would generate over $250 million to the state to be used toward education. And we're looking at some ways to get some more money toward our veterans' <coughs> homes and cemeteries. You know, I've got a veterans' home mm -hmm. here in Warrensburg. I've got a veterans' cemetery in Higginsville. And we've, we've looked at some things where the fees from those terminals could be around $14 million to help out with uh, the shortfall in revenue uh, to our veterans' home and cemeteries. So right now, uh, when you say VLT, yes. you go into a gas station in Missouri. If That's you right. go into a Elks Lodge, Eagles Lodge, Maybe not right out in the open, but sometimes right out in the open. It, it what looks like a slot machine, basically. Yes. It's 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 rigged a little different, but right. essentially, 
it's a gaming machine. Right. Uh, those right now in some counties, you see them all over the place. Yes. Some counties you don't. It is really a, a kind of a helter-skelter hodgepodge of, I guess, it's up to the local sheriff or prosecutor. Is that how it works now? It is. It's up to the local prosecutor if they believe that those are legal or illegal. Uh, I know there's been some cases filed and, and currently going through the court system. So what we're trying to do is basically regulate machines that are very similar to those. Um, make sure that, hey, if it says you win every two out of a hundred times, that you're actually winning every two or two out of every hundred times. And so we want to put some uh, regulations on that, have them in a, an enclosed room where you have to be 21 or, or older in order to access those. Uh, right now, uh, you see many of those what we call gray machines just right in the open. They may be right by the front door at a convenience store and things like that. So. Um, those also aren't being taxed appropriately, and that money is not being used toward education or veterans. So walk me through where Sportsbook is. Yes. There was, a, I, I, I remember I did a Pete Mundo at Kansas City's radio mm -hmm. show. And they'd be like, oh, Denny Hoskins blocking us. I'm like, no, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I think there may be a, a coalition of people that, that are bigger than him. So Sportsbook is in this bill. So if yes. this bill passes, you could bet on the Chiefs this right. Super Bowl game later That's today. Right. But if it doesn't pass, it's going to be tough. How does this work out if, if at the end of the session they go, okay, we want to pass Sportsbook, we don't want to pass VLTs. Mm -hmm. What happens then? Well, we actually had that bill uh, at the end of last session. There was a Sportsbook-only mm -hmm. bill, and uh, the casinos didn't like some of the language in it. The professional sports teams, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Royals, Cardinals, Blues, uh, Kansas City Current, uh, they all approved of the language. They wanted to see it, it pass. The casinos said no. They didn't like some of the language in there, and so ultimately it failed. My hope is that uh, we can find a bill that includes both sportsbook and mm -hmm. BLTs uh, because in order to help fund our veterans' homes and cemeteries, um, about $15 million in, in fees, we have to pass VLTs. So there if you is, can't find a deal that includes both, give me, just give me your prediction. Is, will sportsbook pass on its own? I have a hard time believing that Sportsbook would pass on its own. The money's just not there. Uh, we've seen it's not the golden goose that a lot of people believe that it is. The state of Kansas, they did pass Sportsbook. They're going to gross maybe about $5 million um, this year from Sportsbook. Really? Yes. And once you take out the fees and, and things like that, uh, they're, they're hardly going to make any money in the state of Kansas. They basically uh, gave away everything to the casinos. And I want to make sure that we get a sportsbook bill that is right. Uh, you know, we've got several other states that have done it, and I want to make sure that we, we pass one that's right and that's good for the state of Missouri. But is there not an argument, almost like with VLTs, that I work very hard, yes. pay exorbitant taxes, mm -hmm. the little bit I don't have to pay in taxes, I want to do what I want to do with it. Right. Why should the government tell me what I can and can't do? I would agree with that, and that's why I, th I think we should both legalize both sportsbook and VLTs. You know, I, I've got friends that uh, use that are still doing sportsbook. Uh, they're just yeah. using an, an offshore app that, that they're betting on. I got somebody that's got something called a. It's not a VLT. It's like a VPN or something. Yes. And he can do whatever he wants. He can watch all this stuff on TV. I'm like, you know what? I, if I were smarter, my life would be better in many ways, and I think that may be one of them. Right. Right. Most certainly. All right. If if you if hypothetically speaking. Yes. If we did live in a free state where mm -hmm. you could make a wager on Sunday's game, what's, what are you taking and what, what margin would you give? I'd say I think Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl 30-27. It's going to be a close game. Uh, the Eagles, you know, they've got a good running, running game. Uh, Jalen Hurts likes to run the ball. Uh, that tends to be one of, you know, Kansas City Chiefs' 
maybe weaknesses if we have one. But I think in the end, the Chiefs pull it off. Mahomes has a great day, and we went 30-27. It feels like the kind of game that's going to be fun. I like, agree. Re regardless of it's one of those if you weren't a, if you didn't have a team in the game, but you want to watch a fun game. It looks like with with Hurts and Mahomes, those two teams just like they're going to put on a good show, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great show. You know. Uh, Holmes, Mahomes has a great personality. Kelsey has a great personality. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be very fun to watch. It's not Burrowhead, is it? No, it's not. It's not <laughs> Burrowhead. That's for sure. You got a lot of young guys on both teams, and and they're excited to be there. There's a lot of energy, and and obviously all of Missouri is behind the Chiefs. Well, Senator, as you uh, as the session unfolds, and as you come closer to making your decision, hope to come back and talk about it here on this week in Missouri politics. Yes, I'd maybe love to. even here in your hometown. Uh, that would be great. We'll be right back. But first, go to showmissouri.com. This is Missouri one county at a time. Go watch our Miller County episode with Denny's old colleague, Rocky Miller. Down there, I, he'll tell you his name for him. It wasn't. Uh, but Miller County, history of Missouri, one county at a time. Miller County online. We'll be right back with Senator Greg Razor after this. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Reach your audience with Outreach Studios. Studio 17 offers 1,000 square feet of customizable space that can accommodate roundtable discussions, podcasts, live stream content, and much more. For a different look, we offer View 17. This one-of-a-kind event center is fully wired for broadcast and is perfect for corporate or commercial content. With Outreach Studios, the opportunities are endless. Elevate your message, your brand, and your expectations with Outreach Studios. All throughout Missouri, businesses are struggling to find workers. Childcare challenges are a big reason why. Our kids are losing out too. Through high-impact early childhood investments, we can support the workforce of today and better prepare our workforce of tomorrow. Empower families with the resources they need to succeed. Reduce crime and avoid costly interventions, saving taxpayers money. Together, we can make Missouri the best place to work, raise a family, and be a kid. Data captured by our state-of-the-art monitors helps us pinpoint the timing and location of severe weather more accurately and respond to trouble more quickly. Ameren Missouri's investment in smart technologies like this is one way we're improving reliability and restoring power faster than ever. Responding to trouble before trouble hits. That's energy at work. Ameren Missouri. Welcome back to this week at Missouri Politics from our studios here on the campus of the University of Central Missouri in Warrensburg, Missouri. We are now joined by the man who's really clad in all Chiefs gear, Senator Greg Rays from Kansas City, AFC champion Kansas City, maybe later That's today, Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. I am excited. When this airs, <laughs> we will probably be plotting out our spot oh, at yeah. some local watering hole and, and getting ready to have another Super Bowl parade in Kansas City. This is also UCM colors. We're well, on campus. There you go. Go Mules. But I do think today those are Chiefs colors. On Super Bowl Sunday, they, they, it feels like... They were. Uh, I did think about those, the fact that it is UCM colors. True. Yeah. True. All right, let's dig into some legislation before we talk football. Uh, there's been an argument I've seen you make, mm -hmm. several people have made, and, and, and even some health care providers 
have had some questions. There was a trigger law. Essentially, whenever Roe versus Wade was rejected, the Governor Parson signed a bill that, that would ban abortion in Missouri. But it had some language where I've seen the argument made that it banned contraception. Explain what the argument that is. So the argument is um, the definition of when a woman is pregnant is added in that trigger law. And it reads that a woman is pregnant on the first day of her last menstrual cycle, which leaves out intercourse. So in Missouri, a woman is always pregnant under state law. Then there are two definitions of abortion. The first is what we would think of when we think of an abortion. The second says uh, that the act of an abortion has been committed uh, using any medicine, device, or procedure intended not to increase the likelihood of a live birth. So if you're on the pill and you're always pregnant, you've just taken a medicine intended not to increase the likelihood of a live birth. So we have seen, you know, I hope that that was a mistake that was made and we can just clean it up. That's what my legislation does. Mm -hmm. um, but we heard Clarence Thomas say, hey, we want to revisit this. So what about, so pro-life folks? I've heard some of them don't agree with your take, but what would it hurt, right? That's been my argument. If I'm wrong and we add my language, then no harm, no foul. Mm -hmm. If I'm right, then we have saved some pharmacists from being uh, arrested for distributing the pill or some doctor for uh, working with a woman, say, in an ectopic pregnancy. Um, you know, they might have to go in and, and do a procedure. A lot of doctors are worried about that. But this thing on contraception, I mean, it's not just me saying this. Uh, mm -hmm. Hospital system based in my sure. district for two days said that they were no longer giving Plan B uh, to rape victims because they read but the- But they've since went back in there, they, right? They've backed off of it, but it shows that so this let me ask you this. In the pro-choice community right now, I've heard many folks talk about a referendum in 2024, mm -hmm. similar to what Kansas has done, right? Um, if you're a Democrat, is the issue being over not better? You know... Or will the issue ever be over? I, I think this is an issue that for years favored Republicans. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that has shifted now. Uh, I think... I it think, always kind of favors the side with the intensity, right? Because if you don't get your way, you have more intensity than if you do. Can't we, I think most Missourians agree that the answer doesn't fall with Missouri right to life or Planned Parenthood on the extremes. It's somewhere in the middle. Uh, I don't know why as Democrats we ever got away from President Clinton's line of safe, legal, and rare. That's exactly what I want. Uh, if a woman needs an abortion, I want it to be legal. I want it to be safe. And let's do everything to make sure that she's not in that position in the first place. Interesting. Uh, 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 talk about the, the, the complicated list of things you get to deal with uh, in the legislature. Let's talk about the state budget. Governor outlined his uh, spending priorities. I uh, heard a lot of praise from your side of the aisle. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, great budget from what I looked at. Uh, I've heard, you know, from some of the governor's people that, you know, jokingly, maybe y'all don't clap quite so hard. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at it, it's a conservative budget. So, yes, it's spending lots of money. But the other side of the aisle says over and over that we need to treat government like a business, run government like a business. Mm -hmm. Well, what does a good business do? It invests in itself with the intention of getting a return on that investment. Well, I always thought it was odd when people equate conservative being stupid. I mean, if you're a business owner and you got PPP money, you spent it. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it, you spent it. You've got money from the federal government. Money you maybe didn't even ask for, but, but everybody got it. So you shouldn't spend it? Of course you should. And you have to, it, when you spend it, it's going to spend it on some stuff. But the governor's plan, you know, I think he's reached the point where he's, I mean, he's got a great legacy. For a Republican governor, his legacy's intact. He can kind of, doesn't have to be held hostage by anyone. He can kind of do what he wants. I mean, he can leave office having built a six-lane I-70. It's a pretty big accomplishment. Giving teachers a raise, pretty big accomplishment. I think one of the biggest pieces is incentivizing private companies to provide childcare. Uh, what do you think of his I-70 proposal, though? Start on those three main parts where if you drive I-70, you've been backed up at one of those three at some point. Absolutely. We absolutely have to rebuild I-70. Uh, I'm supportive. Uh, but this is the way government used to work. We want the same goals. We don't exactly agree on how to get there. So I'm uneasy about using general revenue to work on a transportation issue. But, but break it down where, I, I love the part, of, the part, the concept I loved was, everybody who's gonna be re rebuild I-70. Mm -hmm. It's a whatever price tag project, a price tag you're never gonna be able to appropriate at one time. So the way to do it, I would think, would be start to piecemeal this project together. Yeah. Many highways in this state, from 36 to, to maybe even 70 in the beginning, have been piecemeal projects. Why not start with the three worst spots? I mean, it, it seemed like if you were gonna pick a place to start, huge expensive interchanges, I, I thought there was a lot of logic in that. It, there is. Because you can actually do those things. There is. And, you know, if you go to Columbia, there's the 6370 interchange that mm -hmm. desperately needs to be redone. Uh, I know I've been backlogged through Columbia there. Uh, you get into the St. Louis area, you hit, what, Wentzville, and... You're and stuck. You're stuck. Uh, had to be a point of pride to see Warren Erdman from Kansas City go on the Highway Commission. You know, Warren Erdman and Brian Therese, uh, both of guys. them are going to be just fantastic I, on that I commission. I think those are the two best picks of appointments of any governor since Steelman went on the board of curators. I think that, that while MoDOT is in a much better spot than Mizzou was at that time, I think those two picks are such a wise, well-needed, Brian Treese has such a grasp of government, such an ability to communicate. Warren Urban walks in, one of the most accomplished Missourians alive today. I think those two walk on that board at a very good time to, uh, I don't think MoDOT needs a turnaround, but I do think there's some issues that, that guys with that gravitas could help smooth over. You know, maybe sometimes a little too big for their britches now that uh, flooded with money. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, I agree. And, and you know, Brian Treese falls in this category, but I want to speak on Warren. You know, in Kansas City, he is respected on both sides of the aisle. He was Kit Bond's chief of staff. Uh, you know, he is a, a hardened Republican. Sure. And somebody that I would, you know, jump in front of a train for. Uh, I mean, he's just a good man. Who and he would probably be the CEO that bought that train. He, exactly. <laughs> That's why I use the analogy. Um, but, you know, he's just a good man who wants to do good things for his community and his state. Uh, and we need it's, more it's of those people. It's a perfect time for a man like that to serve in this position, yes. as Brian Trees will. Let's talk about an issue that um, no matter when it gets brought up, you get brought into the conversation. Uh, there's issues with transgender students. I've seen, I don't know how many bills filed dealing with it in the Senate. I'm sure that time's more in the House. It appeared as though the, the Senate Emerging Issues Committee is going to move out a bill uh, handled by Senator Rader from Southeast Missouri. Mm -hmm. it's, it looks like that bill is going to be pretty specifically tailored. I, I've only heard people complain about the high school sports where a, a, a person born a male or is transitioning and wants to play on the on the girls' team. That is something I've heard from not just the, your normal complaining, attention-seeking folks. I've heard some regular Missourians complain about that. 
it looks like that's the bill coming out. And, so, and I didn't even know these other issues were even issues. But there's a whole host, I guess, of issues where some Republicans want to want to legislate some transgender people's lives. The, the, if the one that comes to the floor is Senator Rader's bill dealing with high school sports, is there a way to work that out to where there's a vote in the Senate on that? Senator Rader and I have a very good relationship. Um, and we're going to have a lot of conversations uh, and see what we can do to get me to a point that I can swallow it. But here's the thing, Scott. There are 310,000 middle and high school students that play sanctioned sports in the state of Missouri. Of those 310,000, five are transgender. One one-thousandth of a percent. You are four times more likely to be struck by lightning than you are to be a transgender kid on a sports team in the state of Missouri. Mm -hmm. The argument is made, well, Greg, as more people come out as transgender, that number will rise. Well, let's say it quadruples. Then you got 20. This isn't an issue. And for those Missourians who are concerned about it, I get that this is a new issue for mm -hmm. most people, and it's okay to not understand. It's okay. Why, why would you understand transgender people if you've never been exposed to it? No problem at all. What I have issue with is if you don't understand it, and you want to legislate against it. And you go ask my colleagues, explain to me what, who a transgender person is, explain to me how the process works. They can't tell you. It's the, the reason I enjoy having you on the show and having these conversations is because my gut tells me you can understand a guy from Farmington yeah. who has not a malice, but he doesn't understand. I get that. And he kind of believes it. The, the rules should be, you could, you could, identify however you would like, but however the sex organs you have when you're born is what sports you play in high school, and then college I guess has their own rules. It it feels as though Senator Rader is probably, you couldn't pick a more sincere person, because I believe what she does she actually means it's not necessarily a political stunt. I believe the whole thing is somewhat of a political stunt, but with Senator Rader carrying the bill, she's a respected person. It feels like, um, for the first time in this issue, if it's narrow enough, there's a way to maybe not break the Senate and maybe deal with an issue that, frankly, the majority party has placed as a priority. Uh, they haven't placed it as a priority. They have placed it as the number one legislative priority. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to go back to that guy in Farmington and ask him, what is the number one issue yeah. you want to see the state of Missouri tackle this legislative session? I bet you it's not transgender sports. I bet you that the polling data of regular people who believe this should be the way it is, the, that law should be passed, would be almost identical to people that think it's not the top priority. Exactly. And I guarantee you if you look at the polling data, and you know I know LGBT history more mm -hmm. than most, if you look at the polling data, I'm hugely in the minority. I get sure. that. Um, but I also know that 10 years from now, that's going to be closer to 50-50. 10 years after that, the numbers are going to almost flip-flop. Uh, our community has been used as a wedge issue 100%. for decades. Uh, by the Republican Party. By the Republican Party. And they yeah. can't come after me as a gay white man anymore. They lost. That's true. They lost. People in business won't stand for it anymore. No. And so now they're going after children. They're going after kids right now. And kids they don't understand. Kids that are going through enough in life. It's hard enough to be a teenager. Imagine being a teenager going through the fact that you're stuck in the wrong body. And to give a quick example of what well, I mean. As we've run out of time, 
This yeah. bill comes to the floor. You're having communications right now on the bill. Yes. Before we go, I got to get your Super Bowl prediction. I'm going to say the Chiefs come back in the fourth quarter and win it 34-31. Oh, I'm going to give. I'm going to. I'm going to try to top you here. I'm going to go uh, 41-40. I'll that, take just it. Pulling that out. But I think it's going to be a fun game. As a person that likes football, I think even if you only march like football, this is going to be the game to watch, right? I think halftime, third quarter, we're all sad, crying in our beers. Patrick brings us and then back. There's a, there's a, the Union Station's red, right? That's right. That's I right. I love it. I'm hoping for it. Great, Richard. Thank you for joining us. Hope thank you'll come you. back as the session unfolds. Absolutely. We'll, be, we'll see you again next week on This Week in Missouri Politics. This Week in Missouri Politics is sponsored by the Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, Ameren, Spire, and Sterling Bank.